is from the 11th chapter of Genesis, found on page 8 in the Old Testament of your Pew Bible. Genesis 11, 1 through 9. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as they migrated from the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, otherwise we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which mortals had built. And the Lord said, Look, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face, face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word.
kind of needed that contemplative moment in your week, didn't you? Yeah, didn't even realize I needed it until I got it, and there it was, an opportunity to pause and reflect. Uh, we did not have the joyous sounds of our sanctuary choir this morning as part of our worship service uh, because, and Doug, I'm going to ask, call an audible and ask you to put the picture back up that I missed during announcements of uh, Aria Claire Farenbach. <laughs> Cecilia is a big sister now as her little sister was born Friday at 3.22 p.m., Seven pounds, seven and a half pounds, mom, baby, healthy. But uh, they induced at five o'clock on Friday morning, so Jason did not have choir rehearsal on Thursday evening. And uh, got a text and that cute little picture of that new baby girl. Congratulations to the uh, Farnbachs, to Jamie and to Jason and to Cecilia, who now has to share. God bless them all. Second chapter of Acts, starting in the first verse. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. It filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard speaking in their native language. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each, each of us hear in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and <coughs> visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, <coughs> they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, uh, for it is only uh, nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken of the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. 
in the stillness of our time, we need your word. Even as your word was flesh in Jesus Christ, we need the enlivening wind of your spirit upon us. Scatter away all distractions that are not of that wind and allow us to breathe deeply of that which you are giving. For you are giving the words of eternal life. Amen. For the passage that David read from the book of Genesis, let us build a tower with its top to the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. They had mastered the making of bricks, the power of the kiln to turn simple adobe into uncrushable building blocks. We've mastered how to use bitumen as mortar, locking the bricks into tight formation, capable of bearing previously unimaginable loads. Why not go all the way to heaven? We cannot underestimate how those sentences have changed the world. We figured something out. Let's build a tall one. Of course, there are limits to the strength of brick. If you want to see the limit, you only need to have go downtown to the corner of Jackson and Dearborn. There, the mighty Monadnock building, constructed in 1881, soars 250, 15 feet, a full 17 stories into the sky, all constructed on load-bearing brick. If you look at the base of the building, you can see that the ground floor walls are much wider and they tear up the side until you get to the remaining top stories, which are much more narrow. It's tapered because the only way that you can put brick upon brick in any height is to make the base stronger and wider. And there, that 1881 soaring, soaring structure, soaring structure, until you look at the buildings next to it, 17 stories seems pretty trivial. But the only way that brick could be used to build a tall enough base was to make it wider. A few years later, built on the outskirts of the city, on the ash of the great Chicago fire, the Monadnock building was designated as the tallest commercial structure in the world. Until it wasn't. Then there was the home insurance building. It measured a mere 138 feet, much shorter than the Monadnock building, but it was a trial of concept. It was the home insurance building, the first building constructed with structural steel. It was 10 stories high. And in 1991, they added two more stories. During the construction of the home insurance building, they stopped construction twice because the engineers wanted to make sure that it wouldn't crumble under the weight because there was only a set of five-course brick, but it was suspended from steel girders, and no one truly believed that it would last. Well, of course, they were correct. If you want to go see the home insurance building, you actually have to go to 135 South LaSalle into the field building, and there's a plaque where that building had been that was torn down in order to build the field building on LaSalle, uh, which was 45 stories. And of course, 
Any loyal Chicagoan knows the story of the Sears Tower pushing structural steel, the same concept, all the way to 1,450 feet. 1,450 feet it went. And we've ridden the elevator to the top. Some of you have even stepped out on the little glass platforms and marveled at the height. It's now the 22nd tallest building in the world. Most of us remember when it was number one. But that position now belongs to the Burj Khalifa in the United Arab Emirates, 163 stories, 2,171 feet high. The aspirational hope expressed by ancient Mesopotamians there on the plains of Shinar seems to have never stopped. Let us build a taller one, has been the cry shouted through the ages, echoing back to the playroom floor with cardboard boxes and building blocks or Legos. Let's make it even taller. Do you remember that sad moment when you were all out of blocks or all out of Legos? Buy me more. I want to go up. What happened with the first record of vertical construction in the book of Genesis? Well, it was confusion. According to Genesis 11, God introduced misunderstanding, babbled languages, causing confusion among the construction crews. And as any good Chicago general contractor knows, you have to be able to say, get back to work in at least a dozen languages if you're going to be respected on the job. Right? Today we celebrate two milestones in the life of church the first is our annual recognition of our graduates, declaring our pride in you reaching this pinnacle of achievement. Many of you in unbreathable polyester robes sweltered under the blazing sun or in a crowded auditorium hearing commencement speeches that drone on and on and on about opportunity, blah, 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 innovation, blah, 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 the world is now yours, blah, 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 future. That's the purpose of commencement speeches. To remind you that it isn't the end, it's the beginning. To commence means to start something. And that means the places you will go is where we talk. Here's your diploma. Congratulations. Go get a job. Get out there and do something important so that the alumni office can count on you for your generous support. The second reason we gather here on this Sunday is because of Pentecost. The arrival of the Holy Spirit is the gift to the church. What did the Holy Spirit bring to Jerusalem? It brought clarity. Clarity. People of diverse languages, which the story of the Tower of Babel says it was in the midst of human hubris, the misunderstanding began to prevail and then it was on Pentecost that that same dissonance of language was mediated by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was from there that the church went out into the world. Just a few words to our graduates, a bunch of words to us all. FPCLG has a mission statement. First Presbyterian Church of LaGrange, we have a mission statement it is inviting people into a life of meaning and purpose in Christ. I want you to say that with me. 
inviting people to a life of meaning and purpose in Christ. Very good. It's on the wall when you come in from the narthex, on the east wall as you enter our doors. We also have a vision statement. Reaching up, reaching out, reaching you. It's our vision statement. Our mission is to invite people to a life of meaning and purpose. Our vision is to reach up and to reach out and to reach you. In practice, there is a sequence to the vision statement. It's first up, it's then out, it's then you. If we reach only up, if we build only towers, we know they do not last. They're often torn down for someone to come along and build an even bigger tower where ours used to stand. And even if they're not torn down, they're superseded by even taller towers. 22nd tallest building. I can't get over that. Breaks my heart. 22nd tallest building. I blame it all on renaming it the Willis Tower, but that's another problem. Still makes me sad. Oral history tells us that Genghis Khan, perhaps the greatest leader in all of human history, expressed his fear that his own children would become deluded into thinking that their power and wealth was their birthright. He spent much of his life, according to oral history in his later days, lamenting the fact that his kids didn't comprehend what it was and what it took to be able to construct the empire that he had made. He, he was worried that they were going to think that they had a right to where they stood and they would become ineffective leaders. They stood on top of the world because of what had come before them. And in forgetting how it got there, he was afraid that it would fall apart. He was right. Less than 100 years, the world's largest empire began to crumble. The great Khan lamented, I fear that my children will become like mountain goats. They will become like mountain goats who believe themselves to be even taller than the mountain and never grappling with the fact that they are never taller than themselves. Of course, one can choose instead of reaching up to only reach out, expand your territory, inspire others to do your bidding, not a far way off, not looking up, but looking out. Of course, history is full of the devastation of what happens when someone decides that I should have that over there. I know it's my neighbor, but my neighbor is less than, and so I will overcome and take what it is theirs and make it mine. I will reach out without having first thought of reaching up, and battlefields are littered with the bodies of unchecked horizontal greed. Then there are the decaying empires of personal charisma. I'm not going to reach up. I'm not going to reach out. I'm just going to try and reach you. No upward regard, no outward compassion. People become interchangeable parts of my own ego, and your loyalty becomes more important than any other meaning and purpose. Just do as I say, and it will come your way, and it crumbles reaching up, reaching out, reaching you. The pinnacle of Pentecost was connection. It was clarity. Diversity was transcended. Understanding became possible because of the mighty presence of God. 
What happened in the selfishness of the Tower of Babel evaporates in the selflessness of the message of Jesus Christ. Today we celebrate graduation. We acknowledge our pride for all that you have accomplished. We also urge you to remember it doesn't matter what you build. What matters is finding your meaning and purpose in Christ in reaching up to receive the blessings of God's love, to reach out to know the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and allow the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to reach you. Whereas in the words of the old gospel hymn, one life will soon be passed. Only what is done for Christ will last. Your purpose, your meaning, reach up, reach out, and let the grace of Christ reach you. Amen. Understand and affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church.